And good morning once again, everybody, and welcome back to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, my beautiful wife, Nika. Good morning, Nika. Good morning, all the baseball fans, and I hope you had a wonderful Wednesday. Hope everyone's enjoyed the week of baseball so far. It's been interesting, for sure. Uh, We've got a great show for everyone today. We are going to be talking about the man of the hour, Shohei Otani. A couple of home runs again yesterday. Continues to just impress, dazzle, amaze, whatever adjectives you want to choose. Feel free, take your pick. Oh, so the showtime was on the display. It was. And then we're going to be looking at the uh, early... All-Star Game news coming out of the season. Uh, Balloting opened up this week, and we've got everything you need to know about it. And lastly, we're going to talk about something that kind of maybe flew under the radar yesterday if you are not living in the San Diego universe because, well, Bally's decided on Tuesday night to just pull the plug on their San Diego broadcast. Now, this was kind of known that it was going to be happening. Basically, they didn't pay the bill. Um, But we'll get into all this later. But the long story short is that MLB took over the San Diego Padres broadcasts. And as a result, they're now offering local games on MLB TV, albeit for an additional fee. So we'll get into all that and and what I think of it in a minute. So we have some thoughts. Nika, Nika might have thoughts too. We have some thoughts on that one. Yeah, there's definitely some thoughts. Okay. And small programming note, no Max today again. Max is on a vacation and he has not told us when he's coming back, unfortunately. So we've been in contact with his people though, and he is coming back apparently, but he's playing a little hardball right now. You know how those old ghosts get, they just they get a little cranky and we might have to make some changes in order to get him back in here. So more to come soon stay tuned we've already heard from a few of you that max is missed and we're right there with you guys do you think he's working on his rebranding yes i think sorry spoilers max and i were hanging out the other day and we saw the south park about branding and he really took it to heart you know i think butters got to him yeah butter gets to a lot of things it does but uh he was like man we need to work on my brand so stay tuned moving on to more interesting things than Max. yeah let's talk about showtime so shohei otani yesterday putting on a display in the windy city on the south side of chicago lance lynn Meatball City. He got taken deep twice by Otani, once by Trout. He might have gotten dinged for some more, too. Was it Nito Torpedo, as I'm calling him? Is that his nickname? No. I made that up. (laughs) Okay. But I think we could maybe uh, start playing with it on Twitter. Okay. We could try to get it to stick. All right, let it get a trending go. No, it was not the Nito Torpedo. That was an 0 for 5 yesterday. My bad. Sorry, Zach. Uh, I didn't mean to make it sting a little. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, uh, Otani... Two for three, three runs scored, four RBIs, and of course the two aforementioned home runs. He now has 38 RBIs on the season. He now has 15 home runs. Mike Trout has 13 home runs. And the Angels are just continuing to hover in the middle of the AL West, but they are three games over 500, playing pretty decent baseball. They are. And they they do have pieces around Otani and Trout, and we can see that on the field. They come into play. They put out good numbers. They are not afraid to hit the ball all over the field, and it shows. Yeah, their offense is really... I feel like kind of come alive. They are not the highest scoring run team in the league, but they are now in the upper 10 
you know, I would say they're in the top 10 teams of runs scored. When I just look around the league, there's not very many teams that have hit the 280 mark, and the Angels are one of them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there are teams like Texas that have scored a lot more runs than them and the Rays, but we have been constantly saying it's kind of like all or bust for the Angels this year with Otani because he's a free agent. And I, I wonder if we've been looking at it sort of the wrong way. And I just- Why do you go say back, that? Well, I just go back to Otani's sort of loyalty a little bit about how the Angels are the one team in all of baseball that gave him the opportunity to become what he's become. Yes. This two-way phenom basically destroying Babe Ruth's legacy in a sense. Not not really, but... Challenging um, it. You know, a like I, I know Steve Stone, a legendary Chicago broadcaster, now works for the White Sox. Grew up watching him do Cubs games with Harry Carey, of course, on WGN Channel 9. Hey, shout out Chicago. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I, I did hear Steve Stone speaking about Otani this week and how he, he so casually pointed out that... Babe Ruth never did it at the same time. You know, Babe Ruth was a pitcher and then he became a hitter. And he never really did both as a two-way player because he couldn't, you know? And and I think that speaks even more to what Otani's doing. It, it is amazing. I, 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 I rest my case. Like, we are witnessing one of the greatest athletes of our lifetime. He is going to be remembered with Jordan and Muhammad Ali and any other and Babe Ruth. Yeah, and he's gonna be the first player in modern history, modern baseball history, to achieve such a feat. We know there are players coming up and down the pipelines that want to be two two way players, and they always gonna be compared to Otani. How well they do, and whether they come from Japan or from here, I, I don't think it matters. But the door has been open for two way players, and. We will see more of that. They're not all going to succeed. They're not going to be all Otanis. That's just not going to happen. No, you don't say. No, it will not happen. But the door has been open, and I'm welcome other players trying to do what Otani has been doing so far. And time will tell, I guess. I know you said Giants have a player like that coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to predict like what his numbers could be. I think... When you look at like a pitcher and a hitter, even just like 20 years ago, you would have been like looking, is he the first player that could do 300 wins as a pitcher and 500 homers as a hitter? I mean, both of those numbers individually guarantee you basic, basically a trip to Cooperstown for your career. If, if you get 300 wins as a pitcher or 500 home runs as a hitter, you're, you're basically already like hand stamping your, your resume to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think it's unrealistic now with the way the game has changed to expect Hall of Fame pitching careers to achieve the 300 win mark because they just don't pitch like they used to. That's you know, true. A lot of times it was like one pitcher and one reliever for the whole game, maybe a closer, you know, but now now you constantly see six pitchers in the in the box score being used. And so it's a different game and no one can deny that at this point. I heard the legendary Greg Maddox on the radio in the offseason, he was discussing how he doesn't think we'll ever see another 300 win pitcher, at least in our lifetimes, because of the, unless there are changes, you know. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's going to be because no one wants to risk all these injuries or, you know, any arm problems. Everyone's sort of in a overprotected cautionary mode these days, you know, whenever anything feels amiss and you can't yeah. blame them. They're, they're paying a lot of money 
for these players. And there's even rumors that they want more pitchers because of the clock changes, because the pitchers need less yes. time to adjust or they're, they're speeding up their throwing. Well, Therefore, they uh, need more relief time. I don't I know. Mixed feelings about this. I don't, I don't know. We're trying to find balance in the game. So I, I think the pitchers are just whinging a little bit right now. And, and like they're they're complaining because they don't have the same competitive edge that they had last year necessarily. But it's whatever. the first year. It's the first year. I think we'll we'll see how it goes over time. Am I a fan of this idea that there should be even more pitchers? I, I don't know. I, I think you gotta just let it sit for a minute and see how it all shakes out. Maybe at the all star break is a better time to look mm -hmm. at some things to change. Sure. Uh, well speaking of all star. Speaking of all stars. Well and speaking of Otani, he's gonna be my leading boat getter for the All Star game. And yeah, just to put a bow on that before we get into the All Star section, I think it's truly amazing what he's doing, you know, and we we, we talked about there's a there's a player in the Giants farm system. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look up his name really quick. But he was drafted thirtieth overall i believe this year by the giants i'm almost uh, i'm almost there reggie crawford 2022 draft pick he is a two-way player right now hey. giants and how old he is plays he? first base and pitcher he is uh i believe he's a little older let me see here he was born 12 4 0 0 so he is 23 two okay he will turn 23 in december but yeah he is a left-handed pitcher a left-handed hitter he is 6'4", 235, and he is a two-way prospect. Uh, I do want to get into him a little bit more on another episode. Okay. But I think what's really interesting about him versus Otani is the fact that Otani never went through the major league system as a two-way player from, like, a young age. You know, he came here as an established two-way professional from another professional league in Japan, which is a highly respected league, you know, in some aspects to Major League Baseball. So I'm just kind of curious how the future Otanis are going to work their way through the system. And what do I mean by that is, for example, this guy's a first baseman and a pitcher, but what happens when he's needed at first base on the big league club, but he's not ready to pitch in the majors yet? How is his development going to continue? Is he going to like arbitrarily have to be held down even though he could be helping the team win and I'm kind of curious how it works the other way too if he's like dominating and pitching and like he could really help out the major league club but he has not developed as a hitter and they still think he's got potential you know like how does that all going to shake out and work I, I think it's going to be tough for any player to make it through as a two-way player because of what I just spoke about like mm -hmm. what if the two develop don't develop congruently you know what if your development as a hitter exceeds your development as a pitcher or vice versa. It's a valid point. And we did talk about it one time. Um, my question right now is, I wasn't under the impression that if you're a two-way player, you are either a designated hitter or a pitcher. You didn't play a position. But now you say that he's a first baseman and a pitcher. Well, that's a little different set of skills, in my opinion. You know, you have to play first base a little different than just a designated hitter does. Yeah, it's more responsibility. Right. You know. So how does that play into your, you know, you don't want to pick a lane. You don't want to choose at that moment. Mm -mm. 
It's, it, I'm just curious. Uh, it, no, it wasn't meant to be a deep dive or anything on this guy, Reggie Crawford. It just brought up an interesting point about player development. You know, like when you are suddenly playing both sides of the field, per se. I mean, not not just as a defensive player, but as a pitcher. Yeah. You know, something that is like, well, basically what Otani's doing that like everyone thinks is so miraculous. And it is. <laughs> um, you know, I just don't think it's going to be quite... I do think he's going to inspire people to try and be two-way players, but I don't think there's going to be anyone that maybe reaches his level of success, at least for a while. I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. No, you it's know? hard. I understand the designated hitter because it can go back to the old rules where the pitcher used to have to hit. So that kind of plays into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but even so, like those were gimme outs to most pe- yes. teams. You know, like that. No, no pitcher was going up there like leading the league and hitting. So I, I think to the, to your point, yeah, he is obviously special. It's not something that I think we're gonna see again anytime soon. No matter what people think, like I, I know there's tons of kids out there right now that think I'm gonna be the next Shohei Otani. Like I, I, I know the feeling. I, I thought I was gonna be Jordan when I was a kid. You know, like I wanted to be, but I'm, I'm five foot nothing, and I'm not Jordan. I'm yeah, white. I, I understand the sentiment. I do. You know, but I, I'm just saying there's a lot of kids that are gonna grow up and want to pitch and mm-hmm. hit, and, and you know, I do think a few of them will break through we're already seeing it to to be fair but i i question the development process and like how the stars will really have to align for somebody to progress as a pitcher and for somebody to progress as a hitter through a minor league system of promotion and single a double a winter ball arizona fall all these different leagues you know like all these different promotions if you're just a one-way player you have a lot easier pathway to go and fill a role on a team versus like if you're a two-way player okay it's a lot harder what happens when even not just a major league level but what happens when like you're ready to go to double a as a pitcher but not as a hitter you know like this is this is all weird and like i think it's gonna be kind of interesting to Mm -hmm. see how it actually unfolds in real time yeah those are very uh, interesting questions i I wonder whether they're gonna put some rules at some point when they see a lot of more kids coming through and trying to do that at the moment uh we only have show high yes and he is as i said earlier gonna be my number one punching ticket for the all-star game this year because my padres are just tanking it and i can't bring myself to vote for them they don't deserve it yeah that's true and all-star show high will be uh de-aging show me another honest fan like that that doesn't vote (laughs) for their favorite players because they're not performing i'm just kidding you still can't vote. I know. It will not And count. I do love my Friars, and I always will. But at the same time, uh, well, yesterday was left a pretty ugly taste in my mouth. But nevertheless, we have to move on. And the MLB is going to have an all-star game this year. Yes. Uh, I have some information I want to read from the MLB website, MLB.com. It says, the 2023 Scots... MLB All-Star Ballot. Scott's the lawn company, of course, or whatever. They're fertilizer, I guess. Are they fertilizing the uh, All-Star? They probably are, like, the grass, official grass seed of the MLB. I just made that up, so I hope it's true. (laughs) They launched on Wednesday morning the All-Star Ballot for 2023, opening Phase 1 of this year's All-Star voting. Phase 1, fans around the world choose their starters, and voting is open until now, from now, until Thursday, June 22nd at noon Eastern. That's the phase one. That's phase one. You may vote five times every 24 hours. 
and you must do this at MLB.com or on the MLB app. And you are voting for the starting position players in both leagues. Yes. So the top two vote-getters at each position and the top six outfielders, because there's three different outfield positions. And in the All-Star game, they kind of consider them interchangeable. So like Acuna could play center field, for example. But the top two vote-getters at each position and six outfielders in each league will be revealed on the MLB Network at 6 p.m. Eastern on June 22nd. So the same day voting ends, they're going to announce these starters or the top two vote-getters at each position. So I, I, I think that's one per league, mm-hmm. one one for the NL, one for the AL. So basically like the starting lineups yes. for the teams. You are absolutely correct. And then we're going to get to phase two of voting. So all of these players will receive an automatic spot in their team's starting lineup, while the other vote-getters will advance to phase two of voting. Um, if an outfielder is a league's leading vote-getter, only the next four outfielder finalists will move on to phase two to determine who starts at the two remaining spots. If that doesn't sound confusing, then I don't know what is. That's okay. We're going to be here to interpret it for people later. When phase it comes two to begins on June 26th, Monday. So this is after the weekend and will continue until June 29th. So a lot smaller window here. And then as you see in the 72-hour window, fans can only vote once every 24 hours, no longer the five times, and vote totals from phase one don't carry over. Correct. The winners at each position, including three outfielders in each league, will be revealed on ESPN at 7 p.m. on June 29th. The pitchers and reserves for both squads, totaling 23 players for each side, will be determined via player ballot choices and selections by the commissioner's office. The complete all-star rosters will be announced at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Sunday, July 2nd. Yes. So that's about 10 days, I think, or so before the game. Yeah, um, the game nine is... Nine days. And yeah. then uh, it says during each phase of voting... The All-Star Ballot will offer audio capture functionality for visually impaired fans. Oh, and this is kind of interesting to know. The managers are from last year's World Series teams. So Dusty Baker and his Astros staff will be managing the American League. And the Phillies, Rob Thompson, will be the manager for the National League and his staff. Oh, cool. That's nice. And if you didn't know, the All-Star Game will be held in Seattle this summer, as their patches on their uniforms indicate. Yes, they will be July 11th this year at the T-Mobile Park in Seattle. And it's been 22 years since they had the All-Star Game in Seattle last time. Yes, they've had the All-Star Game twice in Seattle, once in 1979 and once again in 2001. I believe this is going to be the second one at T-Mobile Park, uh, which was at the time of the 2001 All-Star Game called Safeco Field. Wow, I can't believe I remember that. Anyways, I think that brings everything up to date about the rules and how the All-Star Game works. So having said that, Nika, what are you looking at with this year's All-Star Game? Hmm. There's going to be probably new interesting players that might get voted in. Uh, we want to see if, for instance, Mike Trout going to keep up his... Uh, spot. It will be his 10th consecutive time when he was appointed to or voted in as a fan favorite for his position. Last time that happened was Carl Ripken Jr. from 89 to 2001 as a shortstop and a third baseman combined. Yeah. That's how many times he was voted in. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, obviously, everyone knows Cal Ripken Jr., the yeah. modern-day Iron Man. He was immensely popular player for the Baltimore Orioles. Even his uh, 82 rookie card, I believe, is still fetches a pretty good dollar. Wow. It has to be graded nowadays, of course. Nevertheless, that's a high praise right there. Obviously, Mike Trout is the best player 
player of our generation right now. Uh, he came into the league in 2013. He's been pretty much an all-star level caliber player ever since. He He's obviously hit. had a few injury riddled mm -hmm. seasons that have slowed him down, but he, when healthy, always looks like one of the best. Has some of the quickest hands, you know, out there. And uh, it's always a pleasure to watch him play and hit well. We enjoy it while we can. I think when you come to our generation, you have Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. Maybe you can start to put Arenado, and, you know, yeah. some of these guys in there. But by far and away, Mike Trout is the best. Just as I believe Albert Pujols was the best of the previous generation before that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Trout, Trout numbers dipped a little bit this year. I mean, there's still time i hate that now to <laughs> of course to get his stats higher uh if it helps him but he's still a name that people remember people follow mike trout has that aura around him so his numbers might not move so much by the all-star game but his name still rings a all-star to me Absolutely. I think by the time it's all said and done, he may have another 40 home run season this year, you yeah. know, like, but we'll wait and see how the dust settles on all that. I think his career numbers now for home runs, he's at 363. I think he's easily going to hit 400 and possibly 500 in his career. I think he's got another 137 home runs in, him? in his career. He's not that old. No. I mean, he's 31. And he's got a big contract with the Angels. They reassign him for like 10 years or something. But I mean, even if you just assume like he hits 20 home runs a year over the next seven years and he's 38, that puts him at 140. That puts him over 500. So maybe he's eyeing numbers bigger than that. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he wants to challenge Griffey. You know, Griffey is at the 600 mark, 660 maybe. I don't remember exactly. So does that make him a Hall of Wall? Much Trout's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. I think, you know. I, I don't think there's a lot of people that have any doubts about that. The, the thing that's sad about Mike Trout's career up to this point is the, the playoff appearances. We have three at-bats in the postseason in his whole career, and he's been in the league now over 10 years. Yeah. And and obviously that's been kind of the knock and, and why we have Otani watch sometimes and why we keep track of the Angels so much is because, you know, they have arguably the top two players in all of baseball, and yet you still see they're in the middle of the pack right now. They are six games already behind Texas. And they, they Houston's above. They have such a tough team. And there's Dude. so many good teams out there. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the, the prevailing story now of Mike Trout's legacy is like, and it's been a, a legacy of so many, you know, Hall of Fame players, including Griffey, you know, never played in a world series you know it, it's hard to get there you know the the young players like on the 20 the young players on any world series team don't realize how lucky they are sometimes you know the aforementioned great cal ripkin i think baltimore was good in the early 80s and i'm i'm thinking they did play in a world series with him but my point was in his later end of his career they never made it and and back then kind of stars stayed with their teams more you know in the 90s they didn't go and like get traded and start. They were lifers, mm -hmm. you know, and the teams wanted them to be lifers because they looked at them as an extension of their brand. And they were the face of that organization. They weren't trying to sure, be rent a player. The face of the Orioles organization. And yeah. No one would doubt that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Mike Trout, it's a great milestone for him. I still think his legacy becomes playoffs now and, and lack of playoffs that's sad it is sad but he's also you know got otani on the other side of him looking at this and saying do i want that to be my legacy that's why we talk about it so much i think it's mm -hmm. going to be tough you know yes. i go back and forth with it i think earlier in this episode i was even talking 
about how Otani is going to be loyal. I do think if the Angels show effort, he's going to give him a chance. I think so, too. Get his own demise. Maybe, but he does strike me as a loyal guy that wants to elevate the whole team, not just himself. And they give him a chance, and he's not going to ditch him at the end mm -hmm. if it comes to it. Speaking of another team I have in my sight, it's the Rays. Yes. Tampa Bay Rays. And they have the potential to have four winners entered into this all-star game. Starters. It's like, yeah, Starters, I, I guess yes. that's maybe more accurate. Yeah, they win the starting job based on, like, fan voting. Um, yes. But, yeah, they have a lot of, obviously, the Rays, 40 wins already, 40 and 18. Um, first team that got 40 wins this season. For sure. And it's definitely a remarkable achievement. So, yeah, you have... Wonder they're Frankel. The, they're the big meal right now. Everyone's yes. seen how they've been playing. They've started to come back down to reality. Yes, they have, but they also play team baseball. They started hot. They continue to produce wins. They have the players capable of stepping up when they need to. I think the, the biggest problem for the Rays is that they're just not household names yet. Aside from a Rosa Reina and Wander Franco, Wander Franco got the big boost because of the baseball cards, you know, like okay. he was the only rookie you could kind of collect when 2022 tops came out last year. Obviously, as the year went on and like more of the rookies cards got added, like Julio Rodriguez and CJ Abram, like all these other Bobby Witt Jr., the focus shifted off of Wander, but don't make any mistakes about it. Wander is a Phenomenal talent, phenomenal hitter, switch hitter, shortstop, locked up for a long-term deal in Tampa Bay, 12 years. I just think they have a hard time making stars in Tampa Bay for some reason. It's it's a strange phenomenon to me, but I, I just feel like they haven't blossomed as a franchise market, if that makes sense, despite it, their successes. It does, but that just plays into the fact that they play a team baseball yes they there's not a huge star on that team but they're making little waves they make big waves small waves they win as a team it was not just one player that carries the whole team and they have pitching they have outfielders they have good management mm -hmm. yeah absolutely they don't waste a lot of at bats they get the most out of their players it seems like and the players as a result all benefit from that because they're hitting with runners in scoring position go up exponentially as a team you know everybody's numbers then go up whether they're home runs or not everyone's hitting the ball everyone's driving in runs everyone's scoring runs it feels good that's the point of the game after all is to score runs so it, it is a weird enigma but I do think that they are getting through like guys like Yandy Diaz and Jose Siri even are are starting to show their individualism their prowess out there um, they're getting a chance to shine so I, I think and and we we already have discussed Randy Rose Arena on our podcast before we're big fans of just his personality and his vibrancy and everything he brings to the table and into the game on a daily basis and well last time the four winners were from a team that won world series was 2016 cubs so if that's an indicator if ray's gonna have four all-stars starters maybe it's a predictor who is gonna win the world series it, it very well could be. I, I love that the analysts and the and the talking heads love to like look for these kinds of things like, oh, which team had this many? Like, I think it's it's a it's a conundrum. Like, are these players all all stars on their own merits, or are they being boosted because of the your point, like the team play and whatnot? Like, or is there a difference? 
there are differences, but when you look at their individual stats, I will bring up Wonder Franco. He is number one in war. You know, all MLB. That's an individual stat. On he stands on its merit. Maybe. I mean, again, it, it's a tough stat for me. Like, I mean, I know that all these like war stats and wins above replacement, if you don't know what that means. I, I know these stats matter in analytics to the game and to the people. You know, like what I'm questioning is, though, does that necessarily translate into Wander Franco being a household name? Where, where does his jersey rank on the selling list for all of MLB? You know, okay, so those are like, different stats, but of those course, are good but stats. you're talking about a popularity yeah, contest absolutely. that's fan voting right now, absolutely. So, I think that's where the Rays just I'll, I'll wait and see. Yeah, I know that talking heads and like the establishment baseball people want to prop up the Rays because they're such a great team, but like their problem is is that they play in this Tampa market that is not one of the big markets, not like no offense, but like Judge is going to be the leading vote getter. You know, yes. and the Yankees are in what fourth place? No, you're right. You're right. He's a lot Third more place, recon but... recognizable name. I don't. I think if you just ask random people about baseball, they will probably hear Aaron Judge's name. Yeah, that's that's my only argument against Tampa is they need to do a, a better job. I, I I don't know what it is. It's like I I even sometimes think it's their stadium that it looks so dark and depressing all the time. <laughs> Like, it doesn't remind me of sunny Florida. I don't know. It's a dome? It's a dome. Yeah. And it's inside, but it's dark. It's constantly dark inside of there. I, I feel like that's one of their biggest problems. I, I would agree with that. If it's dark and gloomy, it doesn't bring sunshine in yeah, Florida. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you turn on a ball game on a Saturday afternoon on a weekend and, and it's Rays Yankees playing in South Beach, should be outside. I, yeah. They at least need to build a retractable dome there or something. I, I, I understand if it gets to be 110 and humid in South Florida that you don't want the dome to be open that day. I get it. But baseball is played over six, seven months of a season and probably seven if you're looking at the Rays this year. They're playoff bound. So why would you not want that open air in October in Miami? I, I just don't understand these decisions sometimes. So... If you want the Rays to be more popular, you got to build them a retractable stadium and get them some outdoor playing time. And you got to start filling that place up, you know, with fans every day. No offense, San Diego does it every day. And they have a mediocre at best team right now. Yeah. So there are definitely ways to do it. You just have to, like, do it. Okay, I, got, a, it. I got an idea. Let's put a petition to open the dome. That's it. Let's get that trending on Twitter. I mean, that's just not a simple thing. Though. I know. Like that has that's construction and like I know. you know maybe displacement even for a couple seasons where Tampa has to find a new home ballpark. It depends. I don't know, but Vegas? I really think that anybody wants to go to Vegas again. We'll see what happens. I'm very curious. I I think the college kids play outside in, in, in Florida, Florida. So I yeah, mean, come on, guys, we can figure this out. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we have anything else about the All Star game that you want our dear listeners to know? Just go get your uh, votes in. You can vote five times. Go get your players checkmarked and see where they end up at the end of the voting period. Yeah, I think there was a little blurb in this article if there's any like rookies that are going to make it. I'm going to go out and on a limb and say no. I know there's some rookies playing really well like Corbin Carroll and Josh Young. Even you can argue James Altman, but there's just too much competition at those 
spots right now, I think, to warrant them being in the conversation this year. And also plays to the fact that those are not household names yet. No. Like Julio Rodriguez was a huge name last year, rookie, and obviously got broke through, made the all-star team as a rookie, and deservedly so. But I don't think anyone has broken through with as much flair as he had last year, this year. And and no one is really playing an important role in their team except for maybe Corbin Carroll on the Diamondbacks. But the Diamondbacks are just also another one of those teams that is playing really good team baseball like the Rays and sort of <laughs> they have some names on their roster that are not household names that maybe should be like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm-hmm. and Alex Thomas and uh, some other young, really good players. Yeah. Corbin Carroll among them. So... We'll see. Maybe next year. If the names become more household names, if the numbers hold, why not? Why not vote for the people that you're familiar with? They have a second chance to be on the all-star team. Absolutely. I, I sometimes wonder. It, it's difficult. You know, like I said, you have all these stars in the game. Team individual is, te- team play doesn't necessarily always create the flashiest or sexiest numbers. And yet maybe those players are more all-star valuable to your team but the point i'm trying to make is like sometimes the team with the best record doesn't always have the most individual stars and Mm. it's a balancing act we'll see and a popularity contest at the end either way i think uh the nl is in deep trouble because well the american league looks to be the better league right now as a league as a league all right well there's other things going on with the all-star game that i'm sure we'll discuss as the weeks get closer but we're about six weeks away from the all-star game still so yeah happy voting everyone hope all your favorite players uh make it into the midsummer classic except padres you don't deserve it all right um well before we get out of here really quickly today i wanted to talk about a little bit of a story that may have gone under the radar if you are not in the San Diego universe, as I said earlier. So on Tuesday night, Bally's Sports Net, I guess, whatever they're called, the Bally's Sports Network, I think. Bally's Sports Network runs a lot of like uh, local teams, channels in local markets, just similar to like NBC Sports in Chicago. So I'm from Chicago. I know NBC Sports because that's what I grew up with. It was once upon a time called Sports Channel. And then it had uh, another name in between there before it became NBC Sports. I think it was Comcast Sports Channel because, you know, Comcast owned it. And then Comcast was bought by NBC and it became NBC Universal Comcast, whatever. And they changed the name to NBC Sports. Anyway, now it's Bally's. No. So half of the teams are owned by NBC Sports. But then the other half of these markets were bought up by a Sinclair-owned company called Diamond. And Diamond was the one that was putting out the Bally Sports brand, which is the same as like the gym used to be. There's no more gyms, apparently. I I didn't didn't really realize that until yesterday. Anyways, so if that's not confusing, I don't know what is. And that's the second time I said that this episode because it's true. But basically, yeah. So every, every team has like a local channel like Chicago, I just said, has Chicago Sportsnet. And now what's interesting about these channels is, is sometimes or, or all the times that I'm aware of, they're owned by all the teams in the city. So, for example, NBC Sports Chicago used to be owned equally by the Cubs, the White Sox, the Blackhawks, and the Bulls. The Cubs went, went away because they bought their own network marquee. So now I believe that ownership is shared amongst the White Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks equally. If you look at a market like San Diego, they only have one team, and it's the Padres. They don't have any content on in the winter. 
or in the fall once baseball's over until baseball starts up again. There's no other. There's no other teams to share revenue with. There's no other teams to uh, split this costly venture with, you know, and then you wind up not getting ratings throughout the fall and winter months that you can really even like use. You're just showing reruns all the time or, or maybe college sports of some kind, but you're not getting that ratings draw, that popularity. The point is, is Bally's shut down the San Diego branch of their network. And they were just able to do this by not making the payment. <laughs> they sort of forced MLB's hand and MLB sort of forced their hand. And I guess you could call this a mutual divorce. Nobody wanted to continue forward with the relationship the way it was structured. And I, I'm unaware, or I guess I, I don't have enough information even now if, if this is going to be something we see in other markets. But basically what happened is Tuesday night, the plug got pulled on Bally's sports channel in San Diego. And Major League Baseball and the San Diego Padres, as, an, as a group, have now taken over this broadcast. So Bally's gone. MLB in. This has now created a unique opportunity in the San Diego market where you can have now the San Diego Padres baseball games streamed by Major League Baseball inside of the San Diego market. So no more blockouts. Right. If you have MLB TV, you will know if whatever area of the country, like if you're in New York, you're not going to have access to Yankees or Mets games. Because of like these old quote unquote TV contracts. Mm -hmm. And like you can see how convoluted they are just from what I explained to you. Um, Okay. So if you're still with me, the Padres are now like everything switched over. So they're on a new channel in the San Diego market. And so if you have direct TV or if you have uh, Spectrum, which is uh, similar to Comcast in California, or AT&T. Whoever, AT&T, whoever your provider is, you now have a new channel that you watch Padres games on, and you have like a new graphics presentation that has been made, and, and the whole broadcast is put on now by MLB. It's just on a different channel. Everything else stayed the same as far as I know for the Padres. Um, I know that Don Orsolo and Mudcat stayed on the broadcast booth. So that's that's thumbs up for me because I really like them and I'm glad nothing happened that changed that. Okay, so let's see here. If you're following along now, so this is where it gets interesting, I guess, is if you want to cut cable, like let's say you're in San Diego and you say, you know what? I, I'm only paying like 80, 90 bucks a month for cable and internet so I can watch Padres games in the summer. You may now cut the cord because what they are doing is they are offering the local market games for an add-on fee of, I believe, $75 right now for the season or $20 a month for like June, July, August, September. So you can save five bucks if you want the rest of the season, I guess. But they are charging extra for this, which is, I know some people had like a salty reaction to that at first, but if you really think about it, you're you're able to get rid of cable in this trade-off, which if you want to do that, that's a good which trade-off. I would want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the only reasons I keep any kind of cable around is for sports and even when i if if i don't need it i I will try not to have it but this gives you the option now to cut the cord completely and still get padres games in the san diego market i'm really curious to see how this test works out you know because i do think like i said i think you're going to see this spiral into the other bally's markets you know there's a lot of if you look on mlb tv today and you're able to choose the broadcast of which game you want to watch you'll see a lot of bs in front and that stands for Bally's sports yeah and you'll see, so you'll see like bs houston and that's like 
Valley Sports Houston. I don't know if they. I, I, I get what not, you're saying. But, but basically, yeah, that's. They have a lot of, and I'm just curious if it's going to replicate or if this is just a one-off in San Diego because of the fact that they only have one sports team. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see what happens with this. That's a very interesting approach from MLB. I mean, they've been on the cutting edge of streaming as an app for a while. They've been very successful with it. We enjoy the app a lot because you get out of it a lot of stuff. So the games will be on that app as well. So you don't, you can bring them with you. You don't have to have a TV hooked up to the cable. Absolutely. You can get a feed in your car, a radio feed, whatever. Locally. Local, like, local stuff, yes. And, and this is, you know, I think Ben always been the biggest complaint about these. It's like, I want to watch my team mm -hmm. and, you know, have the ability to watch a couple other games of my choice every day. But you're only able to watch other teams, not your yeah. own. Yeah. And that's... And then you still need the cable. You know what I mean? Like it was always like not user friendly. Full disclosure: the the only reason we have MLB TV is because it comes with our T-Mobile subscription, and we did do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like we we strategically planned this out. But if you didn't do that and you want all these services, you're paying 150 bucks a year for MLB TV plus you're paying cable. 75 to 100 bucks a month at the minimum for cable in your market. Not to mention other streaming apps that you have probably attached to it because that's, yeah. you know. And all we're saying is like, before you like get salty that the local games aren't included, maybe just look at the cost savings if you wanted to cut the cord completely because that's all they're giving you the option to do. If you don't want to pay that to watch it on MLB TV, then just keep your cable or yeah. whatever is working out for you. But if you're one of those people that's like, I only have Padres games or I only have cable to watch Padres games, get rid of your cable. Yeah. And and, and just get the $75 and be done with it. Yes, um, I agree. But really, if you're not looking at T-Mobile, you should look at it because... <laughs> if you're a baseball fan, you should definitely well, look into it. Well, not only that, but like Netflix and Apple TV are free for life from, from our latest deal. We are not sponsored by T-Mobile by no means. We are not. I'm just telling you that. I think it's one of the best offerings period when it comes to media yeah well if you do have mlb tv you should definitely check out a padres game in the next week or so because you'll have a chance to see what an mlb produced game looks like um and i do think that this may be something that sort of happens over time with all sports i don't think mlb is going to be taking over marquee or the fan in the yes in new york whatever it's called um and the mets have their own i believe sny i don't think they're going to be taking over these local markets like that like no. these bigger markets no um but i do think they are going to be prepared to rescue some of the smaller markets that are going to be affected by you know valleys and and whatever whether they want to pay their bill or not i guess because <laughs> that's what caused all this in the first place yeah I'll be interested to see like what happens in the Arizona market. Um, for me as a Padres fan, it's a welcome change because I'm not a big fan of the Bally's brand. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. I liked everything else about the Padres broadcast, all the online personalities and um, everyone like that. But I was never a fan of the Bally's brand being associated with it. I'm much happier with this new arrangement. So, Well, even the graphic package that we saw yesterday on MLB, the produced game that we watched, it mm -hmm. was a little different, a little flashier. Well, hopefully it translates into some wins down in <laughs> Southern California. Yeah, good luck with that. Can we get a five, six-game winning streak, Padres? Can I just break for a moment and say that? Jesus, what <laughs> is wrong? Why can you not do this for me? No, they, it's only one win, two loses. One win, oh. loss. 
it is pain, pain, pain time over here. Um, 25 and 30. Ouch. Eight games back of the Dodgers on June 1st. Happy June, everybody. Enjoy the last four months of the season. I'm going to get out of here before I get even more upset looking at the standings. There's one last game today. <laughs> I'm just Padres messing with everybody. Playing. I love baseball. Go Padres. Go Padres. All right. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Enjoy your June. Um, enjoy your summer. Hopefully you got good weather. We don't. June 1st, International Children's Day. It's today. Go go get a game. All right. Well, let's win one for the kids. There you go. All right. Take it easy, everybody. This is Kenny signing off. And Nika, have a great rest of the day. You too, everybody. Bye. Adios. <laughs>